the mosaics of ravenna italy an excerpt from ravenna by conrado ricci translated from the italian 1907 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org ravenna felix is the legend stamped on many ancient coins to recognize the fitness of the epithet we must look in history for records of ravenna's past greatness and in surviving monuments for traces of her splendor contrasting her former glory and prosperity with her present solitude and silence her citizens are reminded of the words ascribed by dante to the troubled shade of her ill-fated daughter no greater grief there is than to recall in misery past happiness the sea which once bathed her walls and towers has now withdrawn to a distance of several miles the crescent-shaped harbour strengthened by the emperor augustus with marble sides to be the station for the adriatic fleet with its two hundred and fifty ships perished under the assaults of man or of the elements and is now buried under alluvial deposits classe the great seaport adorned with stately public buildings with the warehouses of commerce and the barracks of the roman soldiery fell under the longobard fury of farwald and lutbrand and caesarea the suburb on the causeway connecting classe with ravenna flanked by churches and palaces of which hardly even the names remain was razed to the ground the marvellous palace of theodoric was stripped by charles the great of its precious marbles and mosaics the capital the bridges the fountains the golden gate stately public edifices and churches all have disappeared ornaments and treasure were abstracted or destroyed in the middle ages during the renaissance and in the past century lutbrand carried off the regisol in the sack of the city in the year fifteen twelve the french gathered a rich spoil of silver baldacchini and enameled crosses the monks sold the treasures of gala placidia so lately as the year eighteen fifty four workmen employed to clear a canal broke into fragments an ornament of gold set with garnets believed to have belonged to theodoric her marshy soil and the shallowness of the lagoons which surrounded her were at once the safety and the destruction of ravenna the swamps protected her on the land side the shallow sea forbade hostile fleets to approach her seeking a place of refuge secure against surprise the latest emperors and afterwards barbarian kings here established their capital the seat of imperial government was transferred from rome to ravenna by the emperor honorius about the beginning of the fifth century and three important periods in the history of art subsequent to that date may be noted the first of these periods which we shall call the roman extends to the year 476 when the line of the roman emperors of the west terminated with the overthrow of romulus augustulus by odoacer 
this period of about seventy-five years includes the names of honorius gala placidia and valentinian the third the second period which we may call the barbaric and which lasted for seventy-two years is the age of odoacer theodoric and other gothic kings the third period is notable for the reconquest of italy by belisarius and narsus during the reigns of justinian and justin after whose time the fortunes of the city constantly decline as in the first of the three periods which i have marked out for notice tradition centers in placidia so in the second its interest for the people of ravenna is summed up in theodoric whose name at this day is as familiar in that city as though he were still a living prince or had been dead so short a time that old men could still remember him it was his ambition to resemble the great roman emperors and refined by his byzantine education he took singular delight in cultivating the arts and in adorning his favorite city of residence with those superb monuments of which i am about to speak a marvelous edifice is the church first dedicated to the saviour by theodoric consecrated later to saint martin when from the decoration of its roof it took the name of san martino de cielo gioro and again consecrated in the name it now bears of san apollinaire nuovo of the original building erected by theodoric to be the church of his court and enclosed by him within the ambit of his palace nothing decorative is seen externally since both the portico and the bifora window with two lights are of the renaissance while the round bell tower shaped like a minaret and entirely eastern in aspect probably dates from the ninth century when bells came into general use as we enter between the rows of columns said to have been brought from the villa pinciana in rome and contemplate the splendor of the mosaics the architectural and decorative taste of the artists employed by the romanized goth come upon us as a complete surprise above the windows and below the vault of the apse originally adorned with mosaics like the walls of the nave was formerly to be read the inscription theodoricus rex anc ecclesium a fundamentis in nomini domini nostri jesu christi facit in his scheme of mosaic decoration theodoric divided both walls of the nave of the church into three zones in the uppermost zone of the left-hand wall are thirteen designs each illustrating a parable a miracle or some other incident in the life of christ in the middle zone are figured sixteen holy personages prophets and saints in the lowest zone we see at one end the city of classe with its harbor and lighthouses at the other the virgin and child seated between angels similarly on the uppermost zone of the right-hand wall are thirteen groups representing incidents in the passion of our lord or subsequent to his resurrection in the middle zone are other sixteen holy personages while in the lowest zone are seen at one end 
the saviour seated between angels at the other end the palace of theodoric with the churches of ravenna rising behind it the mosaics of the uppermost and middle zones of both walls remain almost wholly intact as do also the designs at the ends of the lowest zones but in the greater part of the intervening space in these last the work of theodoric's artist has been replaced by other work of half a century later under the colonnades of the palace as originally depicted were seated diverse personages of the gothic court above the curtains added by later artists vestiges of six heads can be discerned and traces of three hands are still visible on the columns the figure of theodoric on horseback has likewise been removed from the pediment of the palace and from under the gate of the city another larger seated figure the outline of which can still be traced but no trace remains of the mosaics which originally adorned the wide spaces extending between the saviour and the palace on the right-hand wall or between the madonna and the city of classe on the left-hand wall of the nave at the present day we see in their place on the left a long row or procession of virgins on the right a similar file of martyrs but these are substituted work of the second half of the sixth century the original decorations occupying these spaces have been wholly obliterated from which it may be inferred that these decorations represented either subjects illustrating tenets of the arian belief or more probably incidents in the life of theodoric himself but if so why should these have been cancelled and others substituted theodoric died execrated by the orthodox church not so much perhaps for the arian tenets he professed as for the cruel persecutions which stained the closing years of his life more especially the martyrdoms of boethius symmachus and pope john i consequently every reference in art to his person his triumphs or his faith became hateful and was suppressed the old chronicler agnello testifies to this when he relates that the archbishop bearing the same name as himself about the year 560 reconsecrated this and other churches of the goths a little before he had mentioned among the churches expurgated by the archbishop this church of san martin in cielo gioro the period intervening between theodoric's death and the archbishop's accession to the episcopal throne was a brief one barely thirty years but within that short space of time most momentous changes had taken place in the government in the form of faith and in the art of ravenna the goths had been vanquished and driven out of italy the byzantines under belisarius and narsus had entered on possession bringing with them a new splendor and new artistic feeling developed to their fullest extent in the decoration of the churches of san michele in afrisisco san vitale and san apollinaire in classe and of all the other churches of ravenna which were completed between the years 540 and 547 by julian the treasurer 
the difference existing between the mosaic work of ravenna under the rule of the late western emperors and of the goths and that executed after the re-establishment of the eastern empire and the institution of the exarchs is clearly seen when studied in their form feeling technique and even in their material substance and confirms what we are told by cassiodorus and by other writers that theodoric partly from individual taste partly from policy employed roman artists direct inspection of the work itself is of more importance in this case than any other evidence and it is surprising to find how long the obvious difference to which i refer has escaped the eyes of the historian and the art critic laying aside therefore for the present the study of those other monuments in ravenna in which traditional roman forms everywhere prevail as in the mausoleum of placidia in the baptistery of the cathedral and elsewhere let us limit ourselves wholly to confronting the two styles as they are seen in the church of san apollinaire nuovo that portion of its mosaic work which we may call roman rejects all ornament and seems to borrow its forms from statuary the figures of the prophets in full face wrapped in their mantles with a book or a scroll in their hands seem true and direct reproductions of statues the chiaroscuro is scarcely interrupted by the rose in their flesh tints or the red in the binding of their books standing firmly on a ground representing the base in perspective they vary the pose of their hands and the sweep of their robes in attitudes which are all to be seen in ancient sculptures the folds of their garments admirably shaded in varying gradations of tone reveal with accuracy the forms they cover their heads well set upon strong necks when viewed closely show an ample scale of tints as many as fourteen full of force and daring in the use of purples and violets their hair curls and clusters in natural curves the same art is revealed in the designs of the uppermost zones though as these include groups of figures and rural backgrounds the coloring is a little more varied but always without decorative excess without violent tones discreet harmonious very different methods and artistic ideals are shown in the two files of figures in the lowest zones already referred to as representing virgins and martyrs the points of junction with the original mosaics are plainly seen and the different quality of the mastic all care for form seems to be lost in the anxiety to produce decorative effect the figures succeed one another without variety as though all were cast in the same mould the sense of chiaroscuro has almost entirely disappeared the folds of the white robes of the martyrs are indicated by long dry angular unshaded lines often greatly disfiguring the person the hands are all alike the feet heavy clumsy sometimes deformed the hair on the misshapen heads resembles the tiny skull caps worn by priests the flesh tints have no chromatic variety but are based on four or five tones at most 
the virgins opposite doubtless produce a different effect but not because their forms are better they surprise and dazzle by the splendor of their robes embroidered with gold and flowers of their diadems necklaces and girdles glittering with gold and gems the very ground on which they tread is sprinkled with flowers while the delicate interlacing overhead of the palm branches laden with fruit heightens the glow of this marvellous ineffable procession which from the monotonous repetition of a single figure acquires something of a musical rhythm a sameness as of a litany surprising and exalting but the beauty is wholly decorative not of form it might be said that as with the roman artists the feeling for form has been inspired by severe classical sculpture so with the byzantines the decorative influence has been imparted in contemplating the gorgeous textures of the east the chromatic diversity of the tessere which enabled the byzantine to express an infinity of details serves the roman artist to model better and to throw into relief in the female figures of the uppermost zones we find no luxury of ornament the lightness of their vestments and transparency of their flesh is attained by the union and fusion of many tints whereas in the faces of the virgins mouth eyes and nose are indicated by outline rather than by shading so that while for their flesh two or three tones only suffice to pass from red to white a hundred vivid colors and a bountiful profusion of discs of mother-of-pearl seem hardly enough to furnish the gems and embroideries of their garments we must however recognize that if in design and so to speak in substance the mosaic work of the roman tradition is more solid and beautiful the byzantine with its unrestrained luxury of ornament is more magnificent and consequently more decorative be this as it may no cloth of gold could spread itself out more superbly than do these mosaics wherein are depicted the king's palace and the churches of ravenna the harbour with its ships and lighthouses the walls and roman buildings of classe the long files of martyrs and virgins the wise kings of the east following their guiding star the madonna and child the redeemer seated between angels above these the prophets and holy fathers of the church still higher the small well-filled designs illustrating the life of christ his parables and miracles the man sick of the palsy takes up his bed and walks the man possessed with devils has them cast out when they enter into the herd of swine which rushes down into the sea the paralytic of capernaum is let down from the roof to be healed by christ christ sits as judge and divides the sheep from the goats in this mosaic the angel on christ's right hand who has charge of the sheep is radiant in robes flesh tints and aureole the angel on the left who has charge of the goats is overshadowed as it were by a livid purple light diffused over his whole person the poor widow of the parable gives her might the pharisee with upraised hands stands by the temple gate 
and thanks god that he is not as other men are while the publican with bent head smites his breast and prays god to be merciful to him a sinner swathed in grave clothes revealing his wasted frame lazarus comes forth from the tomb the woman of samaria in a garment of varying hue stands by jacob's well holding in her hands the pitcher of water she has just drawn while she looks at and converses with our saviour the woman who has suffered from an issue of blood for twelve years touches the hem of christ's mantle and is healed the two blind men of jericho raise their sad faces in anxiety to know whether their sight is to be restored white-haired peter and andrew with rough gray locks leave their nets to follow christ and become fishers of men christ holds in his hand the five loaves and the two fishes wherewith the multitude is to be fed in the final group on the left wall of the nave is the figure of a youth presenting baskets to christ archaeologists have hazarded many conjectures as to the occasion to which the picture refers all however have agreed in believing that the figures of christ and the disciple have been renewed while that of the youth bending down is ancient and might possibly form part of a representation of christ's entry into jerusalem careful examination however reverses this judgment the figures of christ and the disciple are ancient the youth and the baskets are restorations of last century these baskets altered by an ignorant restorer were the jars containing the water which was changed into wine at the marriage in cana of galilee the bent figure is that of the serving man who is testing the miraculous liquid on the opposite wall of the church we have the tragic presentment of christ's last sad days upon earth during which more mundane matters fail to receive his attention his neglected beard grows rough and ragged revealing perhaps the arian belief that the son is not of the same divine essence as the father in the first group we have the representation of the last supper the disciples recline on the triclinium christ has said that one of them will betray him some look inquiringly at their master others cast withering glances at the suspected traitor in the next group christ with eleven of his disciples are seen on the mount of olives the kiss of judas whose treachery is expressed in every line of his face and figure christ is led off to the judgment seat he stands before caiaphas and sanhedrim he foretells that peter will deny him peter denies his lord judas offers back the price of betrayal pilate washes his hands christ is led to calvary the women weep at the sepulchre finally two simple and serene compositions the disciples journey to emmaus and christ shows his wounds to doubting thomas end of the mosaics of ravenna italy an excerpt from ravenna by conrado ricci translated from the italian 1907 read for librivox by sue anderson